Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where we chat with startup founders just like you from all over the globe. Each episode, we bring you practical and actionable tips to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Podbrand Media. As a business owner, new sales leads are essential. At Podbrand Media, we create a branded podcast for you to generate those leads by interviewing your best potential clients as subject matter experts. Not only creating great rapport, but also great content to share in your industry. Affordable and effective. Contact us today at podbrandmedia.com to learn more. This is another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and I have a special recap episode today with a former guest, David Tao. David, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide once again. Kevin, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. So we chatted just for a second before we hit the big red record button, but uh, man, I am excited to hear uh, what's transpired since the last time you were on. It's been a couple of years, and uh, since we've had you, maybe maybe closer to three, and and so much has happened. But before we get started, let's assume nobody listening to this has any idea who we're talking about or who we're talking with today. So, David, if you and I met at like a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me? Oh, boy. I'm always really bad at those, but I think this will be better <laughs> since we've, we've, I know you a bit. We've chatted before. <laughs> so uh, my name is David Thomas Tao. I am a big fan of fitness, and I've been in the fitness industry for a while. I'm also a journalist by training, and I co-founded and was CEO of, spoiler alert, we just exited about a month ago. Um, I'm still there, just not CEO anymore, a company called Barbend. We run barbend.com, also breakingmuscle.com. And Barbend Media is uh, the world's premier home for everything strength, so strength training strength sports, nutrition, uh, op-eds, reviews. So if you're interested in getting strong or making lifting part of your, a part of a healthy lifestyle, all the way up to, hey, you know, you want to know the results of the CrossFit Games and weightlifting at the Olympics and who won World's Strongest Man this year, Barbend is your home. And we were the biggest independent producer of strength content in the world. And, and now we're not independent anymore, but we're still one of the biggest. And the goal is now to just be the biggest overall. So that's the elevator pitch. And as, as it's kind of been implied uh, about almost exactly, almost to the day, seven years after we started, we did exit. Uh, we were acquired in, a, in a, a deal where every employee stayed on. Our team has actually quickly grown since as we have more resources. Even the founders and execs, we stayed on, not because mm. we have to, but because yeah. we want to. To be honest, yeah. Kevin, I can't imagine working anywhere else. This yep. is kind of my dream job. <laughs> So uh, it's one of those stories where it's like everything kind of fell into place. It was like the perfect confluence of, of the things that you needed. You had a great opportunity. You took advantage of it. And But yeah, you also have the freedom that, you know, tomorrow or, or whatever the terms of the, of the agreement is, you could say when that when that ends, you could walk away and think, you know what, we've, we've kind of laid it all out there and it, it really has, has borne fruit, you know, the, all the efforts of those seven years. It's so interesting be going from, you know, there was a time, there was about a two hour time period where the only person who knew the word barbend uh, or the, the term barbend as like a, as a brand term in the world was, was me. <laughs> and then, uh, and now seeing, you know, it, it's funny that we were acquired by Pillar 4 Media, which is a great media company based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And I went down for their all hands a couple months ago, actually, while we were still in due diligence for mm-hmm. the acquisition. And awesome Southern hospitality down there. And they had their first ever all hands and they had about 150 people at this awesome, really cool venue in Charlotte. 
and there was a presentation about Barbend, and it was so neat to me because obviously we have million, we had 31 million users last mm. month, or sorry, last year, last year, mm. but. I don't meet all of them in person. So to be in a room where 150 plus people are talking about Barbend, you know, and there was a time not that long ago where I was the only person who knew that was a brand term. <laughs> it was surreal. It was really surreal. Um, and I got to say the, you know, six, six ish weeks since the acquisition, it's been really awesome getting to still feel that energy growing our team, just having some more resources and more firepower, honestly, uh, especially on the HR front. It's been amazing. Yep. So yeah, it's, I've, you know, you talked right before we started recording about being a little reflective and, and mm. looking back uh, and doing recaps. And that's kind of been the last few weeks for me. And a big part of my job now is to get out there and tell people about Barbend. And I think one thing I really want to point out is I, I live in Brooklyn, New York and mm-hmm. in New York media, man, it can be tough in New York media right now. You have Vice going bankrupt, BuzzFeed shuttering BuzzFeed News. There are a lot of, there's a lot of negative press mm-hmm. uh, and sad press about the media space. And you're in the media space as well. You know this better than better than than most. But there are feel good media stories out there, and it's not just Barbed. And there are, are companies and groups and 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 founders and communities really doing cool things, especially in the niche spaces. And yep. I really get a kick out of telling people that and kind of showing that, hey. Media is not all it, it's not dead. You can mm-hmm. still build brands and companies and really create content people love and connect with. Yep. You just got to it, it's just not you can't necessarily go broad anymore. You got to mm-hmm. find your audience and yep. drill down on it. I uh, I'm it's interesting. You you kind of are jumping the gun here and you're getting to whatever <laughs> my next question you're answering before I ask them, which is amazing. But yeah, maybe it's this mind meld thing we got going on here. But I I'm curious. Let's Let's go back to Barbend, and and I know that you've been involved in others, and I know that you know your co-founder was also involved in other other sites that had kind of similar strategies. But is the is there a a formula that you guys looked at that said, you know, well, there's got to be a certain addressable market, there's got to be a certain interest, certain Google keyword search, there's got to be a certain like it's got to have a you know, a, a media score of 27 before we'll, we'll, we'll do this. If it's a 25, it's not going to, it's not going to be profitable. What's, what is the, I guess if, if people are looking to do something similar to what you guys did, what is, what's a good kind of basic framework for them? So do as I say, not as I do in this case, because <laughs> so you know some of the other properties that I've been involved with, we were a little bit more formulaic. We saw the gap. We kind of looked at the numbers and you can yep. see the gap in the numbers. I'll be honest. I'll just show, you know, I wrote a medium post where I kind of gave the barbend playbook and, and it was very, it was hard to write in many ways because I had to be honest with myself. Mm. And it's always hard to be honest with ourselves, right? <laughs> uh, at least I had to try. And Looking back, you know, Barbend, we had it, it was kind of based on a hunch because I was a competitive strength athlete. I've always been passionate. I've been passionate about strength training for a long time. And Barbend, as I tell people, is the site I always wanted to go to. It's always the site where scratching you your know, own itch, scratching my own mm-hmm. itch and kind of getting high on my own supply. And that is risky in business. And I'm not going to pretend like there wasn't luck and good timing and good fortune involved with Barbed because there certainly was. I think if we had started the company two years earlier or two years later, it might not have worked out mm. so well. Mm. But I felt momentum building in among people who were interested in this. And the other thing too, is I would, I would look at the sites that did cover fitness. They covered it differently than we did. And I would look at the stories they highlighted and type of content and the people who were producing that content and that was a very different 
that was a very different spread of demographics than what I saw in gyms and what I saw yeah. when it came to yeah. people training. And I thought, I said, you know, there are a lot more people training and, and interested in this and interested in making this part of their lives. It's a much broader group of people than is reflected in the current content. I am from Kentucky originally. Mm-hmm. I'm a person of color, you know, and these are all, all things that are, you know, I don't have a family background in fitness. Um, these are all things. I didn't even play a ton of sports growing up, to be honest with you. And and I still found a home in the strength community, right? Mm-hmm. And those are all things that are that kind of, if you just looked at the data back then, might suggest that I might not be interested in it but I mm. truly was. And, mm-hmm. and I think embracing that diversity is something we try to do at the very beginning. Yep. And I think it really helped. I mean, I'm on the rising tide podcast, right? The rising tide <laughs> helped lift all ships. So, you know, we, I think we actually were impactful in making our community bigger because as you produce more content in this space, you lower the perceived barriers to entry. Mm. So because there was more content about strength training and at all levels, beginner and intermediate, right. advanced, all levels, it made it more accessible and we were able to help grow our own audience. And you're generating interest too. I mean, not only you're educating, you're, you're generating, you're building community around mm-hmm. yep. the thing. You're, I mean, you're giving a, a channel or a forum for interaction even within the community itself. But mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, so it, the, what came first, like the chicken or the egg? Did, did the, was it, we wanna build a site, kind of an, an interest site, a content site, or was it your interest in strength training? You thought, well, I'm doing this anyway, I might as well make a living doing it, you know, so. <laughs> it's, it's the latter, you know, I was interested in it anyway. I thought, and it, you know, we, we didn't, Barben was a, was a, a, we took a fail fast mentality, right? Like we're like, we're going to start this and we're going to put some resources into it, but we're not going to be, but we're not going to be afraid to kill it Mm -hmm. if it doesn't gain traction. And it was tough to kill. And it also, you know, we started in March, 2016, by the time the Rio Olympics rolled around that summer, we were getting a lot of traction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were being cited as a primary results source on Wikipedia. We were getting inbound inquiry from media partners. SEO pretty high. SEO, you know, Mm -hmm. we had a lot of just earned organic SEO growth. Mm -hmm. And and that was, a. it was really the Rio Olympics where I internalized like, okay, this can, I thought this could, I hoped this could be something. Now I believe this can be something. I, and, and I mean, obviously, as you saw, like audience numbers grow, you saw interest hits on sites, you know, that type of thing. And now here's a quick word from one of our new sponsors on Rising Tide Startups. Have you been wanting to start a podcast, but not sure where to start? Well, now you can start a podcast in less than 24 hours. I'm David Ezel, and I'll walk you through all of the things that you need to get started today. Things like how to choose the right microphone, how to edit your audio, and how to find guests and build a pipeline of future guests. This course does a great job of keeping things high level while also diving into the things that keep most people from starting. Even better, if you use the code RISING at checkout, you'll get 20% off your purchase. But that's only if you use the code RISING at checkout. What are you waiting for? Start your podcast today. But I think, you know, not only... Did you probably see quantity grow? I have a feeling that as you got into it, even the quality of the content you were producing grew. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is this is the hardest part to write about when I wrote like kind of retrospective. For the first like eight months of Barbend, I was writing about 90, 95% of the content myself. Now I put the byline was Barbend team. 
yep. for a lot of it. But the Barbit <laughs> editorial team, you know, I agree, I have great co-founders, but the editorial team was kind of a one-man shop. Yep. And you know, I was writing sometimes 35 articles a week. Uh, it was your co-founder crime. was somebody had to be drinking coffee. I mean, you know, your co-founders oh, we were all we were drinking coffee. He's going, David, go do your our we thing. Were, they were they were. I like to say they were they were the best pit crew. You know, I felt like I was a <laughs> like a Formula One driver. And they were the pit crew. You know, they were keeping me going and, and doing all the other stuff you have to do to build a business. You know, no you have doubt. to incorporate. You have to. It's complicated. And yep. they were just like, you just you just do this and <laughs> you um, just do you. That's right. You just do you. And you know, I think I I got better over time. But now I look at our ed- – like I wouldn't get – I wouldn't have a place – me in 2016 would not have a place on our editorial team today because the content quality has increased yeah. so much. You know what I mean? We have great folks. I'm not, I was going to say they have this education, this certification. They have, they have education, certifications, experience. You know, We have at least one PhD on our full-time editorial staff. We might have two at this point. It's tough to keep track of. The quality has certainly increased because it has to. Yep. It absolutely has to, you know, even if you grow quickly, this is a space where research matters and content accuracy matters because you're talking about wellness, mm-hmm. yep. right? You can't, you can't accept not getting better. Yeah, because and you can't it, fake results. I mean, you can't say like, here's the competition. You can't make up who won. I mean, it's. You yeah, know, you'd get called out on that pretty right. quickly. I think. No, you missed that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like lose all credibility. So, oh. I am. Uh, I, I really want to add value to our listeners today. They can really mm-hmm. give them something they can take away. So, let's just talk about. Let's just kind of shift here a little bit. Let's talk about if they wanted to do something similar to what you built in Bar Bend or kind of in their little micro niche or whatever. What are some what are the steps in the process? You know, I'm sure these are high level, but what are the steps in the process that you would, if you were coaching somebody that wanted to start a content site that would generate interest and, you know, affiliate links and all the things that that come with that, what would be the steps you would coach them through? One thing, the first step I would say is SEO is great, but especially starting off, if your site is not providing enough value to where people will give word of mouth recommendations, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily scale. Mm-hmm. But it's a good reflection of value. Yep. You know, if we're having a conversation and I'm telling you, oh, hey, Kevin, you should check out this site because X, Y, Z. Not don't check. You know, I'm not saying check out the site because it's number one in the search results. Right. I'm saying check out the site because I think it will give you this value. Mm-hmm. So if you can't justify word of mouth value and content, like you need, you need to work toward that. Right. For your for your MVP for your maybe not day one, product. yeah. But I think early on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for Barman, right. we started with, with news and reporting mm-hmm. on and because we we our word of mouth value was hey, go to Barbend, you'll see all the results from all the strength competitions. Word of mouth value, right? Yep. That was before we were even ranking for those results, but people wanted, you know, they got those in that place. So I think word of mouth content and content word of mouth value is really important. Second thing I would say is um be thorough. And don't and be consistent. People, we caught traction early on because we always published. We published when the results happened: weekends, holidays, weekdays, midnight. For the Tokyo Olympics, just as an example, we had editorial team members working night shift because they were, you know, twelve twelve hours behind or what. It, it's not enough. If you're going to be a news source, you got to act like a news source, and that's mm-hmm. what we we did. So. Look to mainstream examples, even if you're niche, even if you're, you're focused on a specific audience, you know, what would ESPN do? What would, what would, what would a major news outlet 
do. That was what we looked to as our standard to chase that, not what was in our industry. Wow. So look to mainstream examples, look outside your industry. I think that's big on content. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, for content, cast a wide net. If you can find 10 different ways to get one user, mm-hmm. you're on the right track. Don't be single platform. And now I think that people are, people know that's not the way to go these days. Like people know, you know, I remember when, um, I think it was a lot of sites years ago, around 2016, when we launched, we're going all in on Facebook. They were mm-hmm. like, we're just going to be Facebook first media companies. Yeah. We're going to publish first to Facebook. We're not really going to worry so much about our owned properties or other platforms. Facebook tweaked the algorithm and boom. They were all dead overnight. Yeah. And to be fair, we're still, yeah. still very beholden to Google's algorithm. Right. Mm-hmm. But we have, as we've gotten bigger, tried to diversify the platforms we serve content on. Don't be afraid to do that early on. Is kind but of you story. still own your property. We it's still own our property. The outlet still, is, yeah. So I mean, you can move it to Bing, you can move it to, you know, wherever. So sure. Exactly. You know, it's been those. But I'm curious, does it matter, in your opinion, does it matter that you've got to be passionate about that site or not? Someone has to. Someone mm. sure has to. What a to. great answer. Yeah. Yeah, on, on the team, someone has to. You know, I, I, our entire team is passionate about strength. I don't think they all need to be. I think I think that they're they need to be passionate about what they're doing. I think it just so happens we've we've we uh, have fewer open roles than great candidates. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we 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 haven't had a ton of trouble hiring recently because. Barbend is a known name, and a lot of people who are passionate about strength want to work for Barbend, and yeah. and those are some of the great you hire out of your of audience. <laughs> but basically, we actually kind of do, you know, uh, oftentimes. And that's not to say that you have to be a strengthener to work at Barbend. That's not necessarily a requirement, right? But when people are, they they're going to give stellar applications, and they're going to show that passion, and it mm-hmm. certainly reflects. So, someone on your team has to be passionate about it because they have to be plugged into that community. They need to know when the tide, I'm going to use another pun here, you know, another rising tides pun. When the tide shifts in the community, yeah. you have to have someone internally who can say, hey, uh, we need to take content in this direction because the community is changing or community opinions or thoughts are changing. Or more importantly, the community is desiring something new or something different now. Mm-hmm. How are we going to continue giving? Yeah. How are we going to continue giving them value? And if you don't have someone who's passionate about the space, they're not going to be as in touch with the community to help lead you in those directions. I, I mean, I love the way you just kind of unpack that because I think we tend to think very binary about that. You mm-hmm. either have to be all in or you're, or it doesn't matter, you know, because I mean, the, the standard answer is, hey, you're going to have tough days. And when tough days come, if you're not passionate about it, you're just not going to care. You're not going to give it, give effort or whatever. But you're really talking about, you know, internally adjusting, have your finger on the pulse yeah. of your audience or your community and done a lot of interviews. And I don't know that anybody's ever really kind of pinpointed that that reason, you know, for, for being passionate and, you know, committed to your community type things or in the idea. It only took me most of my professional life to figure that out. Just to clarify, <laughs> just to clarify, that I didn't, I didn't start I, with that one. <laughs> you know, you know, it didn't, that didn't just occur to me at the end. And then, and then the day we started barbed, it took a while. It took a lot of messing up. And honestly, it took a few examples of us really losing touch with our community, even though I'm passionate about our community, mm-hmm. even though so much of our team is, we, we didn't have open eyes, open ears, and open hearts as often as we should have a couple times along the way. Yep. And so those slip-ups, you hope you can learn from those. You know, you hope you survive those, right? Right, And then you hope you learn from them. I mean, the, if you think back at those times where, like, let's say that you have an engaged community and you've kind of lost touch with them for a little bit, but what an opportunity, though, for redemption to go to them and say, you know what, we stopped listening 
You know, I mean, how many companies have like really the capture or, or capitalized on those faux pas moments and said, you know, hey, we messed up, mea culpa, you know, and we we listen to you and we are shifting. And then, I mean, it just it just solidifies that allegiance, you know, of your audience that they think they're listened to. We're keeping this a little a little broader, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're a barbin reader, this is me saying, yeah, we've messed up. We've messed up plenty, but we're always working on it. And we're always trying to get a little bit better. Yep. And if you have an example of how we've messed up and you want to call and you want to, you want me to respond to it specifically, <laughs> email me, david at barben.com. Reach out to me. You know, I love, I love having those conversations with readers yep. and with our users because that's how we learn. So we get better. Right. And if they care enough to give you a, a critical, you know, critical feedback, they, they care, you know, it's not just some troll you know, out there just, you know, hating on you. I mean, these are people that really care enough to say, hey, you know, you you messed up here. Now, how do we fix this type thing? I was talking to a friend who also is in the fitness space, but the multi-time entrepreneur recently. And he asked, you know, what is the number one um, piece of hate mail you guys get? And it's not really hate mail, but what's the number one critical thing people say? And it's often about eight times out of 10, I would say, uh, when people reach out to us to, to quote unquote criticize something, it's them saying they wished we had produced more content around a specific event or we'd covered a, con a piece of content more in depth. Think about that. That's not that's someone reaching out to us and saying, hey, we wish there was more of your product to consume. That's exactly right. What a cool thing. Yeah. Thank you to the people who have done that over the years. Now, mm -hmm. some people say it very nicely, constructively. Some people say it not so nicely. Mm -hmm. But the point is, yes, exactly. But the point is, that's them taking the time out of their day mm -hmm. to say, hey, I wish there were more. I wish I wish you you had you produced more product for me to consume. You got to go to school on that. You know, I mean, it's that, that's feedback and you're thinking, okay, so I can look at the calendar of events, especially if they're annual events. You can think we got a lot of, of, you know, quote, hate mail about this, about how we underserve this event. We're going to double down on it next year because our audience really cares. Our community cares about that. And that's the thing, you know, Barbin, we now have, since we're part of a larger company now, we have more resources. Our team is growing. Barbin, by the way, still, it's still a stone team, right? People mm -hmm. are still like, my email is still david at barbin.com. You know, we yep. still have our own team. It's not like our, it's not like we're this weird corporate amalgam anymore. We are still the Barbin team and Breaking Muscle also has its own team. It's had its own team for a while since we acquired it. Since shortly after we acquired it, we had to hire folks, obviously. <laughs> um, but we now have more resources to produce more content. That's kind of the point. That's one reason I'm so excited and I'm still here yeah. is that we can, I can, I can respond to readers and say, I, you know, for years I had to respond to readers and say, Hey, we're working on it. We're growing as fast as we sustainably can. Mm -hmm. And now I can kind of respond to readers and say, Oh, great. We have more resources than ever. Expect more coverage next year or yeah. expect more coverage next time it rolls around. Right. That's really cool. Absolutely. And I, and I think, I mean, just having the, the ethos stay the same, but more resources to throw at it, that that's always a good combination you know, to uh, kind of to grow to that next level, you know, that you're Cer trying to grow toward. Certainly the goal right now. Certainly yeah. the goal. And with, there's so much that we could unpack here, but what's one thing that uh, that I haven't asked you about that you think would be really helpful to our readers? And and I'm, I'm really curious at, you know, you fill in that space with whatever you want to fill it in, fill in with it. But I'm curious also, like, what's next? What's, what's David's next step, you know, two, three years down the road, whenever... Whenever, you know, and maybe it's Barbie. Maybe you're just like, I'm all in. I'm staying here. I'm not doing anything else. But I have a feeling you've got some other gears turning that you you may be thinking about some other things like what's well, 3.0 here. 
Well, I will quote the Wolf of Wall Street and say, you know, I'm not going anywhere, right? I'm, I'm, I am sticking around. And one thing I, mean, I don't, I can't give too many specifics, but what, we are going to be expanding our multimedia offerings pretty mm -hmm. soon. That includes more video, more podcasts, more social, and I'm, I'm excited to be involved in those things. And again, I can't say exactly no. what those are yet. Some of, we have to keep a little bit under wraps, right? <laughs> but if you like barbend content, get excited because I think there are going to be new ways to consume a greater amount of barbend content, including video, audio, things like that, which also makes the content more, more just more accessible right. to, to different audiences, which I'm super excited about. Meet people where they are. So that's thing number one. I will say, you know, I do have, uh, this is something that isn't also no secret. I'm very open about this. I'm very active and very passionate about the spirit space, specifically whiskey. You know, I'm a Kentucky boy, born and bred. I actually just wrapped up a uh, judging for a national tasting panel in spirit on spirits literally over the weekend. So uh, it's not as glamorous as you might think. It's a lot of little, you know, <laughs> judging little sample bottles alone in my home. It's, it's not uh, as fun or as social oftentimes. I'm passionate about that space. I'm passionate about telling stories in that industry, especially because a lot of the stories are untold. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors in the spirits and Bev alcohol space. You know, whether or not you drink, I think it's it's important to understand, important to understand the impact it has on society, on American history specifically. So I do some writing on that. I do some reviews. Again, none of that's a secret. You know, you can you can find those. I'm um, very, very proud to hopefully be having an impact in that space and hopefully leaving it a little better than than how I found it gradually and over time. So that's kind of the the side passion, if you will, and hopefully get some more opportunities there. Being, you know, being able to be a part of national tasting panels and things like that is truly an honor. And I've met some really, really fantastic folks that way. And guess what? It's also niche content. You know, yep. it's 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 yep. it's different than barbend, certainly, but some of the same principles apply. Well, it is. It's amazing to see the uh, just the story of of what you've built over the last few year, few years and. And really what it's grown into and could potentially grow into beyond this. I mean, what a what a great story and one that we just don't get to see the the kind of the beginning and the the middle and the end on on stories with the rising tide. What a way to kind of a, it's a beautiful recap episode to really talk about an, a successful exit that is successful in so many different ways. So David, thanks for coming on, man. Just sharing your story. It's it's great to reconnect and and we are anxious. We'll have We'll have the 3.0 version, you know, in a couple of years or three years down the road and say, okay, now what now, you know, and you're going to say, well, I've been to the moon with uh, Elon Musk once. And uh, yeah, so beyond that, uh, I don't know what, what is going to limit you from, uh, you know, taking that next step, but uh, it's just been good to, to just to hear your story and really appreciate even all the, all the little rising tide puns you threw in there for free, you know, but <laughs> Really just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide once again. David, thanks again, buddy. Have a great week. Thanks for having me. It's truly an honor and, and a pleasure. Have a good one. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Make sure you follow up with our guests today and show them the support they deserve. As always, thank you for listening and playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.